0: Ignite your best life. Yoga is the spark. Hello, my yoga-obsessed friends. You are listening to the Yoga Hacks podcast with me, Brett Larkin. And today I'm answering one of your brilliant questions. Remember, you can always tweet me questions or join our private Facebook group, Yoga Hacks, Yoga H-A-C-K-S community.com, which is where a lot of these questions come in. And if you're truly yoga obsessed like me, be sure to check out Uplifted, our private members only community where we review one another's poses, have a book club, uh, get to download all the videos that are on YouTube as well as member-only videos and you can check that out at UpliftedYoga.com. So the question for today, and I don't know if this came up in the Yoga Hackers group or the Uplifted group or potentially both, but it's a fantastic question about what to focus on in meditation. Those of you who did our chakra challenge, you know that in different chakra meditations we sometimes did breathing exercises and in other ones we did visualizations a lot of visualizations especially in the chakra challenge and someone wrote in I'll leave her anonymous but she said that you know visualizing was just not working for her that the visualizations just weren't she wasn't able to really get into it and is that okay? And what should she do? Um, and just a lot of questions about visualization as a meditation technique as, com- as compared to focusing on your breath, as compared to both mantras, like just saying something over and over again, and mudras. And mudras are like the different positions you have your hands in. So this is such a rich question and it couldn't be coming at a better time because as many of you know i'm hosting a zen timber meditation event inside uplifted which means that we are going to be as a group committing to if you want to commit uh, meditating from december 5th to december 25th so it's 20 days of meditation at the time of year when we sort of need it the most which is december you know when we're shopping and things are a little chaotic So get more info on that at UpliftedYoga.com. But I love this question because it's such a great preface for us going into those 20 days of meditation together. So obviously in Uplifted, I'm providing a ton of guided meditations, a ton of breathing tutorials that are private and not out on Uplifted yet for things like Breath of Fire and some of the just the more complex breathing techniques that don't often get broken down in a studio class. But my big message for anyone listening to this podcast is to not get burdened or worried about the amount of different meditation techniques that are out there. For example, you may have heard of Buddhist meditation, often called Zen meditation or Zazen, which has its roots in Japanese uh, and Chinese Zen Buddhism. And it focuses on the breath and is just sitting uh, you know just it doesn't use any specific object of meditation you just try to remain as possible remain as present in um, the present moment as you possibly can you may have heard of vipassana meditation which also stems from the buddhist tradition it translates to insight or clear seeing and it's similar to zazen except that it focuses even more on the breath and sometimes uses parts of the body as things you would meditate on as well. There's mindfulness meditation, which stems from Vietnamese Zen Buddhism, especially from Thich Nhat Hanh, who is wonderful and has wonderful books and quotes. And in the West, Jon Kabat-Zinn is a big influencer in the mindfulness, quote unquote, meditation space. And, you know, mindfulness meditation is just the practice of focusing on the present moment and just accepting what arises and using using non-judgment, basically, to pay attention to your sensations and your thoughts and your emotions as they arise. You may have also heard of metta meditation, loving kindness meditation. In this meditation, you are developing loving kindness towards yourself and then progressively developing it towards all other beings, yourself, a good friend, a difficult person. Um, There's mantra meditation, as I mentioned before. So that is a word or phrase that you're repeating for the purpose of focusing your mind. So it's not an affirmation or anything like that. It's literally just a tool where you might repeat om over and over and over again or om Hum, or it's literally just a way to focus the mind onto something solid and a lot of the times these mantra meditations are combined with those mala beads you see those necklaces that are now just like trendy to wear around but you'd say the mantra and press a bead so Again, I don't like using the word like hypnosis, but it's a little bit like that idea that you're like training the mind just by thinking that same word over and over again. It's just a tool. Um, Transcendental meditation is another big one and very popular with celebrities and I've had some friends who've tried it. You can only learn transcendental meditation from a licensed instructor and you are given a mantra and taught exactly what to do and then there's just so many more kinds of meditations out there. There's a third eye focused meditation or the Ishta Diksha meditation, which I teach in my easy daily meditation practice on YouTube, which is sort of a combination of third eye meditation with a lot of grounding that I really like that was passed down to me through my teachers. A chakra meditation would be a meditation where you really focus on one of the seven energy centers in the body, one of the chakras, and each chakra also has a a mantra um, lam, vam, ram, yam, hum, and om. Um, and you could also visualize the chakra and focus on saying that sound either internally or aloud if you wanted to do a chakra-specific meditation in that sense. Uh, there's also gazing meditations called uh, pratka. Hopefully I'm saying it correctly, but that's where you, the kind of meditation where you'd be fixated on an external object, right? Looking at a candle or looking at a symbol like a yantra um, with your eyes open or just slightly closed to train your concentration and your power of visualization. Um, Kundalini meditations, tons of Kundalini meditations. And those often involve Kundalini breathing techniques, you know, very strong ones that you do before settling down to meditate. Um, so, honestly, the list goes on and on forever. And the the reason I sort of went on this tangent, A, because I think it's fun to just learn and talk about some of these different names and different types of meditations. But the big point is that, whoa, there's so many options, right? And at the end of the day, all of these are just tools. I see even the different types of meditations that I listed as tools. All tools for you to experiment with and find a form of meditation that works for you. So just like there are so many different styles of yoga, there's yin yoga, there's ashtanga yoga, there's you know vinyasa and 8 million varieties of vinyasa within the word vinyasa, depending who's teaching it, right? Just like there's all these different kinds of yoga available to us, there's all these different kinds of meditation available to us. and. What you wanna do is start finding something that works for you as a first step. And I think I've talked about this in other podcasts where we talk about this in terms of meditation, uh, in terms of yoga, but the same applies to meditation. So just start with what's easiest for you. And I like to always tell the story about how when I was super type A, a crazy person, you know, 10, 12 years ago now, Um, the only type of yoga I could manage to do was Bikram yoga because I loved the heat and we have a podcast coming up on heated yoga compared to non-heated yoga. Uh, I think the next episode actually. Um, so make sure to stay tuned for that. Um, but I, I, I loved the heat, I loved the workout, it was very intense, I loved that it was the same postures each time, I loved that I could see myself in the mirror and sort of compete with myself and the other people in the room, like Bikram yoga was just the easiest way for, it was the only yoga I was able to connect to being who I was in that moment and of course I went to Bikram yoga for six months or maybe even a year and then I started changing and getting more curious about yoga and able to sit still and able to sort of have this deeper connection with my body and i got curious about all sorts of other kinds of yoga and realized that it was actually you know a slower type of not intense yoga that i really needed to balance out this fiery energy i had or this sort of type a driven personality that i had um, but I never would have been able to go to a go to a class that was sort of correct and sort of balanced my energy if I hadn't just let the practice meet me where I was and who I was in that moment. So hopefully, I'm doing an okay job explaining what's sort of a nuanced concept. But you just want to get started now and get into action now. So whatever yoga or meditation style you're most attracted to and works for you, that's what you wanna do right now. You wanna latch onto that and get started. You just wanna keep an open mind and sort of have in the back of your head this continuing curiosity to think, hey, it's great that I'm so attracted to this, it's great that I've jumped into action on it, it's awesome that I'm doing Bikram three times a week and loving it. But maybe this isn't what I truly need long term. This was just what I was first attracted to. And let's stay curious and start experimenting with other styles so I can find what I really, really need. And the same happened for me in meditation. And again, I'm sharing these personal stories in the hope that they can inspire you or make the sort of make this whole conversation less abstract. So, as someone who had a very type A personality. I also have a very high like vata energy, right? You can even tell on the podcast, I tend to talk quickly. I tend to get excited easily. And vata is that quality of like airy, energetic um, energy. So for me, when I first started meditating, it was very easy for me to do like a third eye meditation where I'd sort of get high, quote unquote, very quickly was very easy for me to bring energy up and sort of connect with the higher chakras and sort of get all spaced out so that was what I started doing and it was great but long term I realized what I actually needed my meditation practice is for the quality of grounding right for the quality of becoming calmer and you know inviting in more kapha to balance that you know kind of airy Sort of crazy all over the place energy that I have. So now when I do meditations, the ones that I really love are very focused on the breath because I found that that's just really helpful for me personally and getting more grounded and calming down, especially breathing exercises that are perhaps Kundalini techniques designed to ground instead of raise energy up. Or if I do a meditation that raises energy up, I spend a lot of extra time grounding, because I know that that's what I need. So this is a very long roundabout way to answer the question, the original question. And the original question was, you know, I'm having trouble with the visualizations and meditation. I'd prefer to focus on my breath. Or I'm sure some of you are the reverse, right? I find it really hard to focus on my breath. And I love the guided meditations that, um, that I do, or that you're listening to with someone else where, it's, you know, we're walking through a forest and I'm, I'm kind of painting a picture for you. And especially if you're gonna do Zen temper with me inside of Uplifted, which I would love for you to do, I outline and, and give in, in the plan that we have for the month varieties of meditations, from ones where it's all about visualization to ones where it's just pure breathing techniques and some where we even focus on mantras so it's really up to you as the the boss of your own life to sample all these techniques and be observant and see what's working for you and what isn't keeping a journal i love to do yoga and journal and meditate as sort of a trio and in the zentember uplifted plan there's also a special class that's the first ever class that i've ever taught that we actually do asana together, journal together, and meditate together in one like 40-minute video, which I think is a great, you know, daily amount of time that you could commit to something like this. But journaling is a great way to sort of observe how how uh, meditation went for you. How do you feel after? How do you think it affected your energy? Because the reality is, we're all so different. We're all such unique snowflakes, right? That I think people just like with all their fitness um, goals, right? They just want to do like P90X and have everything work out for them. Or they just want to be like, I'm going to do X type of yoga and then I'm set and I'm going to follow some program and then, you know, everything will just work out for me. And what doesn't work about that approach is that you sort of abdicate responsibility for having intelligence about your body yourself or customizing your own plan of self-care and exercise and meditation and working out yourself and you just sort of hand over the reins to like a teacher or a guru or a program and it bothers me it's sad because I think people end up a getting ripped off b not getting the results that they wanted and my big message and what i just continue to share over and over and over again and i will until i'm blue in the face is that it's about the personalized practice you need to step into the role of sort of healer of yourself, designer of your own body and life cuz they're a mirror for one another, right? Your body's a refle- how you take care of your body is a reflection for how much you take care of your life. Um, how much thought and energy and care you put into both of those things is really going to dictate how you feel on a day on a daily basis. Um, you need to get curious and try a bunch of different different things. So that's why in the yoga I teach on YouTube and in uplifted, I dabble in lots of different styles of yoga to try to introduce all of you to the different things I love right? Some of my classes are very Pilates inspired. Some of them are dance inspired. Some of them are straight up yoga. Some of them are Kundalini techniques or yin. And I'm always polling and asking for your feedback for what you want to see more of. And then the big kicker to sort of tie this in hopefully a bow, probably a messy bow, but the big kicker is that it never ends. I think people also, like, we just want things to be organized and fit in a box and, like, have that bow that I just mentioned on it. So they're like, okay, I'm going to figure out this personalized practice for me and then that's it. Then I'm just going to do that every day for the rest of my life. This works. And again, they sort of, like, step into that abdicating of responsibility. Like, I have this plan and it's working. It's great to have a plan that's working. But... The thing yoga teaches us, and all the yoga philosophy and the sutras as well, is the only thing we can count on in life, literally, the only thing we have as a certainty, is change, right? The only certainty is that things are gonna to continue to change. So you may have a routine that's working great for you, you have your personal practice all figured out, you're like, I did all this hard work, and then you get pregnant. Or you move, or tragedy strikes, or you get injured. And all of a sudden you need to begin to start making shifts to change up your personal practice so it fits and supports you through whatever you're going through now. Because every day and every moment is unique. So just because doing like splits and chaturanga and your personal practice that you always do on Monday worked on Monday doesn't mean that it's gonna work or be what you need on Wednesday pending what's going on emotionally and physically for you. So the true aim of what I love to talk about and what I love to teach and what Uplifted and everyone in that group really stands for is using yoga as a means to sharpen the sword of your intuition on a daily basis supported by like-minded peers so that we can all be really personalizing our practice and holding space for it to evolve and change and grow. And that's why in Uplifted we have different books that we explore every month or every other month with our book club. Or I'm constantly bringing in like guest teachers or guest experts or different types of classes inviting us to focus on different things like the chakras or journaling um, or like foam rolling or myofascial release or whatever to constantly expose you to new things to explore, not to be ADD, but so that there's like this space that's held for creativity and the ability to constantly be exploring and changing up your personal practice so that it works for you. And what's really sad is that most people who are into this, like me, right, you end up doing it alone because it's so highly personal. But what's cool about Uplifted is it's like having a group of yoga friends with whom you're doing this together and we're all helping and supporting one another and sharing um, if you want to share and of course we have our live calls and tons of um, there's just tons of material and resources and we're all going through it live and it's just it's just a daily practice Um, so that's my spiel on finding uh, a meditation that works for you so again, going back to the original question, if visualizations are what get you going and get you sitting still and excited to come to your meditation pillow and are working, do, med- do visualizations. If mantras are what make it work for you, do that. If alternate nostril breathing is what really gets you in the zone, do that. And go with what works while keeping an open mind about whether it's just what you're attracted to or what whether it's really what you need to balance out your energy on a particular day and evolve from there. Remember, the practice is never static. It's constantly changing. There's constantly new things to explore and you just have to look at everything, all the noise, because there's so much noise about different styles, different teachers. The internet is like a trap, right? Where it's like you could spend, I could have spent four days just researching this podcast about all the different types of meditation out there but I chose not to do that because I wanted to just give you guys a quick overview and reinforce the point that all of this you know theories and different schools are just tools these are all just tools in your toolkit that you can play with and use or combine and to just really Have a practice of trusting your own gut and your own intuition to help figure out something personal that works for you for a period of time and knowing that even that is going to continually evolve. That's the true yoga. Thank you so much for listening. I would love to hear your thoughts on this podcast in the private Facebook group, Yoga (laughs) H-A-C-K-S, yogahackscommunity.com. Would love to uh, have you join us inside Uplifted, UpliftedYoga.com. And so much love from my heart to yours. Namaste. Always come to your mat. Always be stretching your body, your mind, your soul. From my heart to yours. Namaste.